You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Facebook's newsfeed was doling out misinformation for months due to a bug in its ranking algorithm that affected as much as half of all views. Elon Musk purchased a 9.2% stake in Twitter, becoming the company's biggest individual shareholder. Apple and Meta shared user personal data with hackers pretending to be law enforcement. And Amazon workers on Staten Island voted to form a union. We've got all this, our spotlight, and more in episode 29 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And, this and <laughs> oh, it's my turn. And Nika Mumford coming in out of Atlanta. Happy 404 day to our Atlantans today. Subbing in for your regular co-host, Terrence King. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Brother Tech is on spring break, um, hanging with the fam. So he got his homie to come and hang out with us this week. Therefore, she can hang out with you this week. So uh, we are really happy to have you here. Thank you for, uh, you know, jumping on with us uh, in sh- short notice. But as I got to ask, like, it's been a week since Stephanie, since last you and I talked. And, you know, Nika, we haven't talked in, uh, I think, maybe a tweet or here and there uh, you right. know, over, over the years. But uh, how, how was y'all's weeks? Anything, uh, you know, did you enjoy any of the, the basketball games? I don't know if you're a sports fan or not. But did you watch any uh, Duke, North Carolina or Villanova, Kansas? Nope. <laughs> I did see that um, South Carolina, shout out to Philly, uh, Don Staley, Coach Don Staley, um, led South Carolina to another NCAA title. So yeah, I think it, he's like the only black person or only coach, period, yeah. something. Some sort yeah, the of, only, some I think sort of the superlative only, the around only, yeah, this think, accomplishment. Yeah, I think she's the only black coach that's won twice, I think. Yeah. And... She beat UConn in the championship, which I think is the first time. I think every time they've made the final, they've won yep. every single time. So that's the first time that they've actually lost. So there's just a whole and not lot of just beat them. They beat them down. Beat it was down. so yeah. bad the first half. It was barely double digits on the UConn side. So shout out to yeah. Philly. Yeah. Don't stay. It's so funny. Um, they talked about her Louis Vuitton uh, jacket that she had on, and she I think she had on Louis Vuitton shoes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about, you know, oh, her designer fit, her designer. I still remember when I was uh, an engineer, um, I was saving up for my house. And so I got a second job at the mall, and I was working at Ann Taylor. And she came in. I think I think she was coaching for Temple at the time. Um, she came in and bought a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh, she ain't wearing no Ann Taylor these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's she up her is. game a little bit. I ain't mad. Yep. I ain't mad. Yeah. Not, not that there's anything all. wrong with Ann Taylor. I mean, it's not cheap. 
Um, but it's a far cry from Louis Vuitton. From Louis. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right. All right. So before we get too far, I want to uh, just let any of our uh, watchers or listeners know that we are on Patreon. If you'd like to support the Tech John, you can head over to patreon.com for slash the Tech John. That is the Tech J-A-W-N. And when you get there, there are multiple tiers that you could join. And if you join any of those, you get access to our live stream and after party. And you also just give us a little bit back so we can keep giving to you. So I always like to put that at the beginning of the show. And we're going to go ahead and dive right into some tech stories and this first one here uh it seems like can we go more than a month without talking about stuff that is going on uh at facebook so this one (laughs) yeah yeah really but it's it's like sometimes there's there's facebook news and we just don't because it's like it seems like it dominates you know uh every Every conversation but this this was a big one because facebook they had some kind of air or fault that essentially uh, was allowing uh, misinformation to come through. Um, in, in some cases, I, I believe that they've had, uh, you know, an issue that dates all the way back to 2019. They didn't even become aware of it until last year. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, you know, last fall, like, you know, September, October timeframe or something like that. And it was causing just all kinds of things to show up where number one, like the news feed, things that people were actually uh, moderating that weren't supposed to be in the news feed were showing up. Um, you had things that like nudity was showing up, um, Russian misinformation was showing up things that, you know, that Facebook generally is half decent at keeping out of the newsfeed, uh, was just popping up in there all kinds of ways. Well, they're not great at all at keeping that stuff out of the newsfeed. We we keep having stories like this and that half decent might be too, you know, half bad. This time. So. Um, according to Engadget, uh, and this is reported by The Verge, a bug in Facebook's newsfeed ranking algorithm injected a surge of misinformation and other harmful content into users' newsfeeds between last October and this past March 2022, according to an internal memo reported by uh, The Verge. The unspecified bug described by employees as a massive ranking failure went unfixed for months and affected as much as half of all news feed views. And the thing about it, you mentioned uh, 2019. They knew in 2019. It wasn't that they did not, did not know. Oh, it just didn't they get just, bad until last they year. They just didn't think it created a noticeable impact until Ooh, October okay. 2021. And when and people then, started reporting about it. Right. And they couldn't figure out how to fix it until this March. Or maybe they could figure out how to fix it and they just chose not to because they wanted that information to flow freely for some amount of time because maybe they were doing another experiment, you know, with our feeds a la Cambridge Analytica or something like that. So who who really knows what actually went on with this? So speaking well, of experiment, <laughs> Terrence and I always put our kind of tin hats on when it comes to conspiracy <laughs> theories. <laughs> Midterm elections are coming up. Do you think maybe someone was testing out some new software or some new tricks to get ahead of the midterm elections to see if they can flood people's timelines and feeds with the information that they want to? I don't know. I mean, and you know the what? thing is, we'll, we'll never know. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because there is zero transparency, you know, behind these algorithms and everything. Like, we're just, uh, you know, rats in the maze, honestly. Yeah. We're just rats For in sure. the maze. The, the thing with Facebook at this point, because you just keep hearing things like, you know, like this or like all the other issues that they have, is just that they don't necessarily get 
benefits of the doubt anymore. So, you know, that, that allows, well, I assume could this be a conspiracy? You know, <laughs> is it a conspiracy theory or is this exactly how they roll? You, you, you don't know. It's like, you know, there are some companies when you say, oh, no, that this is absolutely, uh, you know, an error that they just had a hard time trying to figure it out. But with Facebook, like, you know what? You, you, you just don't know. Uh, and they lie so much. They yeah. lie and the they frequency lie. that these type things happen. It's like, are you really trying to combat anything? Or are you just out here? Being on the wild, wild west of your front. platform, just letting anything roll and like, oh, well, we got engagement. So faking let's keep it rolling. They faking the yeah. fun. They, they, they want to appear concerned every time something like this comes out, but, but it, it happens so often. You can't help but wonder if it is intentional. And, and then, right. you know, it happens, it happens, it happens. Then we'll get a whistleblower like Francis Haugen or, or someone else. And then they'll clean it up. And then it happens, it happens, it happens. And then we'll get a whistleblower. So it just, it, this pattern, I don't think is, is coincidental. I believe, I don't believe in coincidence at all. No. Um, and this pattern, I don't think is coincidental. Um, the couple things though that stood out to me about this was the, you know, the idea and, and they're not perfect either, but the idea that we really do need to pay a little bit more attention to traditional media, you know what I mean? Because the fact that these platforms and it's they're not just Facebook, Facebook and all of them, you know, can put out pretty much whatever they want, you know, means that we do need to to have a little more faith in the journalists that are actually doing the work and the fact checking and, and, and trying at least to, to have some semblance of, you know, impartiality and objectivity in, in the type of information that we consume, you know, verify, then share. That's what I always say. Um, and, and the second thing is to like all the content creators out there. Um, these algorithms, you know, they don't love you. And, and so, you know, as you're being a content creator, and you're wondering why your stuff ain't being, you know, on the for you page or whatever. Just put stuff out there that you like, that you think adds value to other people, because there is no rhyme or reason no. to these algorithms, and you will you will literally drive yourself insane trying well, to no, the, game the system and figure out how your stuff is going to be seen. And especially by the most if they keep, and especially since they keep changing the game, you know, with every time they change what you know before it was the likes that got you higher up in the feed, and they switched from the likes to the collection, so. It's one of those things where, like you said, put out the content that you enjoy, that you are confident in, and your people will find you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's uh, the, the algorithms are doing what Facebook wants them to do, make them enormous amounts of money. <laughs> that, that, that's that's what they're there for. That That's what they do. And so you just have to keep that in mind, that they're not out to help you. That's right. First, they're out right. to help themselves. Now, if they can help you by helping themselves then that's what they'll do. But it's, it's their it's bottom line. It's right. like, you know, you're not a customer of Facebook. You are their product. So right. you just, you just have to, that's you know, right. you know, keep that in mind. Um, so and, and sticking and, uh, you know, we, we want to stick on with, uh, social media because here's another big thing to happen. Uh, Elon Musk has become the largest Twitter shareholder. Uh, no good. Community. This dude just a month ago was <laughs> talking all. about, he didn't even like Twitter. It's like, well, I don't want to say it. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but what, what did he say? He, he, he felt that there Twitter was first was amendment not, issues with right. Twitter. He did and not. He was thinking Twitter about starting free speech. Yeah. He, he was thinking about starting his own, uh, you know, uh, social media company or social media network. And now he just, I'm just going to buy, uh, you know, I'm going to become buy the biggest shareholder. The one that's here. <laughs> and 
it drove the stock price up because Twitter is like, like everything else. I mean, over the last year, it's just been having, you know, some issues. It's been down and down and down. Today was not that day. I think it was up nearly, uh, uh, nearly 30%. I want to say it's like 28, 29%. I'm not looking oh, wow. right now, but, uh, you know, they had a, had a massive run, but. Elon doesn't just do this and stay quiet. What's the next thing? You know, what do you think is coming, uh, you know, from him for this? I like it's brilliant on his part, but it is so scary for the future of this of that platform, um, because now I, I don't know that you can block a share, the, the, your largest shareholder. So he won't suffer. I don't know that he'll suffer Donald Trump's fate. Donald Trump's been banned from Twitter. Um, I don't know that he will suffer that same fate for the type of stuff that he posts because he has posted, you know, vaccine disinformation and, and different things like that in the, in the past. Um, and also like, he's not that nice a person. <laughs> um, so it's just like, you know, under the auspices of free speech, what is that? Where does that leave the rest of us when when Twitter now becomes a place where, you know, trolls run rampant and, and anybody can say anything they want? It just, you know, the, I, I just see it as this unmoderated wild, wild west, you know, uh, going forward where he just has way too much influence over, you know, the type of stuff that gets posted and, and the type of stuff that doesn't get posted. Yeah. And I want him to learn what the First Amendment actually covers. Right. Because a lot of people, a lot of people need to learn. They need Seriously. to learn what the First Amendment covers first. And the second thing, I think you're 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 right on because again, if he is the majority stakeholder, he has a seat at the table and not just a seat, a pretty big seat because he owns so much of the company. And we know that he is not a very good person. He's done some, you know, I won't even say shady. He's done some, you know, some horrible things within his company and the way he moves as an individual. So it's one of those things where is he going to use his influence to make Twitter, you know, Twitter's a great place. But it can also be a cesspool. So is he going to make that cesspool even bigger by reducing some of the protections that have already been put in place? Because, again, he is a bit of an egomaniac. So it's one of those things where where unlike Trump, where he just wants to kind of be up front, he just wants to spew a lot of things. This actually gives Musk power behind the scenes. And it's not just all about I want to just say whatever I want to say and just be super visible. He'll get the visibility because he's Elon Musk, but now he has some actual power on the platform mm-hmm. to go along with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I first heard this, I was like, you know, so I'm trying to put myself in Elon's head. And he's like, oh, so y'all don't like what I got to say? You, you, you know, you try to ban me here or block me. You know, I'm, you know, I get suspended for, you know, a few days here. All right. I got a couple extra billion dollars laying around. Let me do this real fast, you know, and right fast. And let's see what happens. Financially abusive thing a person has ever done. You know what I mean? And, you know, the, 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 the extrapolation is he, he, he goes on to buy Twitter outright. Um, but in the meantime, he will still most likely get a board seat. Um, and, you know, who knows if he will be the chairman of that board. So, you know, he, he does now wield a lot of influence and and power Mm. at Twitter in, in how things get done. So, you know, you think about, we just talked last week about, you know, some of those uh, Tesla lawsuits from, you know, the, the black employees, black and brown employees. And it's like, you know, he, he, he's created these, these 
inhospitable spaces wherever he's gone. So how, you know, it just sort of stands to reason that Twitter could potentially become another inhospitable place um, because he is able to convince whomever is in, is in charge of that thing to, to loosen up on some of these controls, let go of some of this moderation, you know, when, when, when all that stuff came down about how the, the employees were being treated in, in the Tesla facilities, I mean, his, his, his response to them was to develop a thicker skin. Yeah. So, get over it. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so, so when somebody's getting doxxed on Twitter or, or harassed or threatened with, with rape or, or whatever else, you know, is that going to be your answer to it? Because free speech, you know, it, it, it it's going to make Twitter a, a potentially very dangerous place to be. <sighs> What, what I'm hoping this, and this is not putting faith in Elon. What it is is that I, I I do believe that he is a very very intelligent person. So it at some point he's had to do some calculations. What can I do and what can I get away with? He didn't, you know, c- could he afford to go? Just I'm just going to become a 51 percent shareholder uh, in Tesla. He could have Tesla in in Twitter. He absolutely could have done that. Um, but I think at some point he says, okay, I got to be smart about this. Uh, I just want to get a seat on the board. I want to be able to do this. I don't want them taking down my tweets. Uh, you know, if it's a, if it's a literally a vanity play about what he wants to do, um, with his infinite wealth. Uh, but I think he's also smart enough. If, if I go too far, I could literally kill Twitter because if, if he were to just start wilding out, then, you know, a lot of Twitter, which they would just find something else, you know, would allow something else to pop up. Um, so I think that he at least thinks that far ahead to try to, you know, to, to try to make sure that it doesn't come out. Um, I, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Well, I might I'm, be giving I'm him too much credit. At, I'm looking at real quick at Saray. Saray is here. Hey, Saray. What's up? What's up, girl? Um, she said, I'm not sure about his emotional intelligence, though. That is, that is, and a good point. that is that a is, excellent, excellent point. I mean, excellent he might point. be smart and have a bunch of money, but. He, he doesn't have the, the empathy and the ability to, mm-hmm. you know, empathize with other people that is required for a platform like Twitter. Yeah. My grand, my grandmother used to call that book smart people stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I think what you said about the whole 50, he didn't want the controlling interest. I think for him, that would be too much responsibility on him. So if he just has enough of a controlling interest in Twitter, he can have some influence. But right. he won't be culpable or responsible for mm-hmm. any of the craziness that will happen on the platform. Right. Yeah, right. 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 Like you said, he knows what he can get away with. So he yep. knows he can dance right up to that line as a majority shareholder, but not necessarily, you know, 51 percent um, and and still have the influence behind the scenes to get some of those controls loosened up, let some of those moderation tools, you know, uh, removed and and just cause chaos. I think I think he actually wants to cause chaos. I think he enjoys that. I think he enjoys the fray and 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 whatever. And and I think he, you know, is like, let me see if I can blow Twitter up. So uh, moving on to our next story, uh, I actually threw this one in our rundown. And, uh, you know, so let me just tell you what it is first. Uh, Apple and Meta shared data with hackers pretending to be law enforcement. Now, when I initially saw this, I thought that somehow Apple um, and, and Meta or Facebook got hacked. But that's absolutely not what happened. Mm-hmm. What happened was that so uh, the, the way they were able to share data uh, was that someone actually hacked law enforcement and made right. it seem like the requests that were, that were being made upon uh, Apple and upon Meta were coming from the actual authorities. So 
This one is is really interesting. If they figure out who did this, somebody's going to jail. I think it might be teenagers, actually, but they're still working on it. But, you know, to make a long story short, uh, whenever uh, the authorities, when they want information from a company like Apple, a company like Facebook, they basically have to go through a process to do that, except for when it is an emergency. There, There is a, a carve out that they have some type of, uh, you know, way to uh, when, when they, you know, an emergency request, they can basically get the information, um, you know, pretty darn quick. Well, what hackers did or, you know, threat actors did was they actually infiltrated the law, you know, law enforcement uh, servers were able to get email addresses, were able to get their official accounts, send these requests, uh, you know, to Apple, to Meta, as though they were the actual law enforcement agencies that were making the request. So by law, Apple and uh, Meta will say, okay, well, if we get this kind of request, we have to comply with it. They did sent the information back. And once again, law enforcement agencies had actually been hacked. So the threat actors were able to enter, you know, to receive the information uh, and, and get that information out. That is all kind of scary to where, uh, when you have these companies that hold the amount of data that they have on you and, you know, the, the government generally does have to jump through some hoops to get it. And right. the government is the one who gets hacked. And that's how this story is coming out. And like I said, most of the, you know, most of the stories that I saw about this, um, I don't want to say they buried the lead, but they made it look like Facebook got hacked. They did. Apple got yeah. hacked. It's like, no, they didn't. It's well, like, you know. You know. And it, it's a lot easier to use a phishing scam to get some yeah. ro- some one cop to give up their email. <laughs> I mean, it's right. like probably super easy. Um, they said among the data that was was given away were were information about users, IP addresses, phone numbers, and home addresses. So you know, these folks got access to some pretty significant private information from people. But my question uh, in reading this was like. You know, what is the difference between this particular? Obviously, these companies need to do a better job with these emergency requests, even if they are, you know, allegedly, quote unquote, life threatening. Y'all still need to verify this with a human person before y'all hand this information over via email. Like anybody with an email can mm-hmm. say, hey, I need this. Da, 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 and y'all just going to give it up because it's a, you know, like y'all need a better system, clearly. Um, but also what? is the difference between this emergency request and what the San Bernardino police were asking Apple to do um, back when the shooter situation happened. Like, like how were, how were you able to get this information from Apple from Apple specifically um, when they wouldn't turn over any information whatsoever? Um, or was it just the person's pin to get into the phone? Like, I'm, I'm not sure if you're this, you know, you were that big on security when there was an active shooter involved, but now you just given up information from an email. Like, like there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect there to me. I think with the San Bernardino situation, they wanted access to the actual phone. To that actual so it phone. wasn't just like, you know, you know, they wanted the data, of course, but they wanted the actual phone so they could look at, they had, un, they wanted unfettered access to the phone. So pictures, right. text messages, emails, they wanted the full gamut. I think what these, whoever the hacker is behind this, and if it was teenagers, which I wouldn't be surprised because literally this, this happened to Microsoft last week. They got access to a single Microsoft um, employee and got, you know, the data that they got from them. So I think it's one of those things where, like you said, 
you know, we have two th- two factor authentication for our devices. There needs to be a second layer of maybe in person authentication to go along with these digital types of requests, especially when you're getting phone numbers, home addresses, that type mm-hmm. of personal information that could really be harmful in the wrong hands. So it's one of those things where it's it's it needs to be a two way street. It doesn't just need to be, you know, oh, if we get, you know, Apple getting hacked, the government getting hacked, whoever it is, it needs to be some sort of handshake or some sort of connection between the two because it's going both ways. Again, Apple and Meta technically weren't in the wrong with this because this was, you know, coming from an IP address. The request came from, yeah. So it's one of those things where, you know, what do you do? Everybody has to be up on their cybersecurity game because it is no joke out here and it's getting worse, you know, with each passing day. Yeah, this is this is one where I was, I'm thinking about like, man, it's like they didn't even go to Apple. They didn't go to Facebook or, or to Meta. They went to law enforcement. So you're, you're right, Nika. I think they have to figure out a, you know, a, a better way to authenticate these requests. Like, yeah, we, we know that this is an emergency and we need to get it, but we need to make sure you well, are really who you say you are before Sergeant, we start giving out people's addresses and stuff Sergeant like that. Sergeant Dunwood needs to confirm that <laughs> this is a legitimate thing. I still don't see the, I, I, I don't know. I still don't know that I see the difference though. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand San Bernardino was about access to a, a specific, specific phone, but it, this is still access to personal information. You know what I mean? And you're either giving access or you're not. I, it, it, I don't know. Am I, am I just oversimplifying this thing? Like, you either I, I, get I think, the access or, or, or access or you don't. And, and if you're I, yeah, not giving it out here with the phone and the, and the person's information, why are you giving out IP addresses and home addresses over on, on, on this end? Like, like well, what? I'd be curious to know what the difference was between those two types of access that Apple feels compelled to give for this situation, but not the other situation. I don't know this for a fact, but I believe it to be true. Okay. Apple will give the information that the exact letter of the law requires them to and nothing more. Okay. And my gut tells me that most companies are probably going to toe that line. So if the law says that we have to give up names, addresses, telephone numbers, IP addresses, they'll do that. If the law doesn't say you have to actually give up the uh, mechanism to get into the phone, then there absolutely aren't. Mm, right. Um, so I right. think that that's what it comes down to. That uh, they're going to stick with, yeah. I'm only going to, it doesn't matter what the situation is. If it is not, you know, if you I'm cannot legally force minimum. me to give you anything, we're not going to give you anything. So right. here's what the law says I have to give you. This is what you and get. This is what you get. Right. Right. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. That, that, that makes me, I mean, it not make me feel better because they can give me, give up my information, but, <laughs> right. but it, it makes sense that, you know, there would be some minimum standard of, of information that any tech company would be required to give in an emergency situation. And, you know, what and is you know that what? emergency situation now, you know? Saray so. makes a great point. Access to the phone gives law enforcement access to more information um, than what Apple alone has access to, which is a good point because you have stuff on your phone that Apple is not privy to. Sure. So can you can you send a document? Can you send a, a, a warrant to Apple that is going to make them give something up on the phone of the person? And th- right. that, that's a, that's a heck of a point. Right. That's a heck of a point. And, and, I, and, said, and then you start getting into self-incrimination because yeah. we're we're here in America. We don't have to incriminate right. our 
ourselves. And if you're given access to your phone, there could be something on your phone that's incriminating. So you don't have to necessarily, all right, I get, all right, yeah. I'm, I'm satisfied now. <laughs> I'm satisfied that, that there's a legitimate difference in between, you know, there, the you know, there's, there's some latitude between those two sort of extremes. All right. right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> so let me ask you if you're satisfied by this. Um, for the first time, uh, Amazon workers in Staten Island have voted to form a union. And I, I got to I got to clap for them Listen, on that. Good for them. Um, Amazon did not want this. They, they absolutely did not want this. Uh, but now they have it. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see, at least for this particular facility, how things change. Do things yeah. get better for those employees? Uh, do things get worse for those, those employees? Uh, yeah. you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's at least interesting to see what's going to happen there. And I can only imagine that if anything good comes from this, you're just going to start to see this, uh, you know, a slow uh, creep across yeah. everywhere yeah, to yeah, where, uh, you once know, they these get folks- those votes counted in Alabama, we're going to see the second union, um, right. in Alabama. Um, just a quick plug and shout out, um, little, little bit of self promotion right here. So I was a, um, guest expert on a series of, um, on a documentary series called The Land of the Giants. It is now being shown on CNN Plus. I was hoping it would be aired on CNN, CNN. but you actually have to pay for CNN Plus, like two ninety nine a month. But um, it's a it's a documentary series about the big the big ones, the Fang uh, Fang of, of of the Valley. You know, Amazon, Facebook, um, Apple, uh, Google, and whatever the N stands for, Netflix. Netflix I think, and. Um, we talked about this and we talk about, and the guy who Christian, what's his name? Christian Smalls, the guy who is now the president of the union is featured in that documentary as well. And is just, you know, I think this was obviously before the vote happened and, 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 and they got, you know, the um, thing, but you know, he was very passionate. They fired him because he t- spoke up about conditions during COVID and, you know, the little, I, I, I'm really, really happy that the little guy won. The in this guy instance. won. But there was, there was one stat um, in the article that really stuck out to me. The fact that um, the union organizers to try to get this thing done, spent $120,000 that they crowdsourced on GoFundMe. Amazon spent $4.3 million on on smear campaigns and misinformation tactics and intimidation tactics and you know everything they could do throwing the kitchen sink at these people to try to get them not to unionize um and it didn't work so it's just like you know for anybody out there that thinks the little guy can't win you know sometimes the little guy does win and 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 I'm I'm happy for him yeah much deserved because just reading some of the conditions that folks were in Crazy. in these warehouses, it's just like, this is like, is this even legal? Like, how is right. it even legal to treat people, you know, like this? I, I was like, wow, this is something. And my thing is when you have employees who are happy and safe and are treated decently, one, it wouldn't be need for unions if you would just treat people decently. That is, that's the, that's, that's just do that. And people work better when they know that they are protected, when they know that they are valued. So just take it that four point, 
what five million dollars you spent on that? Why didn't you just put that into the employees? That's what I said. Like, I was like you could have just like, helped them, like yeah. you literally right could just help them and and address their concerns instead of spending all the money on trying to like keep them down. Like I just I don't I don't understand. And your, and your CEO goes to the tip of space. I mean, you need to go all the way in. I mean, you <laughs> just, not all the way. You kind of screwed it, yeah. <laughs> See, I wow. wasn't gonna go there. But, <laughs> hey, but so, so, those, sometimes you got to. But it's the like spade is a spade. You have you have the money. You have the resources. You have the money to do what's right, and you just won't because you're. You can't. It you, wouldn't you kill your bottom spend. line because, again, like to your point, they would be more productive. So, right. you probably actually make more money if you address your employees concerns it's just it just right. the, the corporate greed i will never I, clearly i'm not a capitalist because i just will never understand corporate greed in that way how so, much money do you need right all of it all of it. all of it and <laughs> I, you know, I i've learned a long time ago to you know even though in some cases companies are people in the law in the eyes of the law they're, they're not so no. i just assume that uh, organization, they're going to try to make as much money as they possibly can and then make some more. Um, so if they believe for a moment that having your workers unionize is going to, you know, is going to be bad for their bottom line, then they're going to be absolutely against it. And what the real thing is, is that when, and when you look at some of the best companies to work at in America, they don't always have unions there's 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 many of them that do not do not but they truly absolutely uh i don't want to say that they you know they look at their employees are the are the most paramount thing i think the bottom line is always going to be the bottom line but they really are trying to be at least in partnership with the people who are ultimately help them get that bottom line and that's how they roll so they'll actually do things that are uh you know you know they're not necessarily going to make the most money as fast as possible. Right. And, but when you almost look at all these companies that do those kind of things, they generally are privately held companies. They don't have shareholders because shareholders say, I want you to maximize profits at all costs, not shareholders individually, but collectively, that's generally what they do. I want more money for my investment. So I just think that that's one of the reasons why you don't see a lot of companies, uh, you know, do, uh, you know, uh, you know what they do. And then you have some that like, so we, we talked about Tesla last week and some of the stuff that was going on with them. I mean, it is just horrible. I mean, e- you know, e- even since then, we're not going to rehash that, but more stuff is coming out uh, about what's happening in that uh, California plant in uh, Tesla. So it's just like, you know, you could do things to fix that. It is like, you already know what happens when you do this kind of stuff. You pay individuals 130 some odd million dollars and now you got hundreds of others that are coming after you know uh you know from you know coming after that from like class action lawsuit and the state is after you uh if you know i just think if you if you take care of your people they will take care of you and i want to just read something real quick from a new york times piece about about the lengths that amazon went to when they were first aware that these folks were starting to mobilize um to get you know, to get this union going. Amazon formed a reaction team involving 10 departments, including its global intelligence program, a security group staffed 
by many military veterans. The company named an incident commander and relied on a protest response playbook and labor activity playbook to ward off business disruptions, disruptions, according to newly released court documents. In the end, there were more executives, including 11 vice presidents who were alerted about the protest than the workers who attended it. You know, and they and they just go on. I mean, they 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 were doing the most, the absolute most to to try to squash this thing from the very beginning of of its you know very quiet roots and and small protests and 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 again you know to 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 everybody's point, you could have just listened to your employees, and because I'm sure all they wanted were some masks. You know, at the time, you know, nobody bathroom had, breaks, bathroom breaks, heat, you know, lunch breaks, air conditioning, you know, just just basic stuff. Go out sick with COVID. They would like to be compensated. You know what I mean? Just basic human decency, human rights type of stuff. Yeah. And y'all was like, no, you know what I mean? That that's that's crazy. To me. A hard no as well. It's just like, right. wow. Yeah. Just crazy yeah, so. to me. Just so, so crazy. So shout out to Christian Smalls and Derek Palmer, um, two best friends who who just by the sweat of their brow and you know i'm sure there were a whole lot of other people involved just made this happen you know what i mean power to the people one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why united healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more so whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Power to the people. So, y'all, we're going to move on to our main story. And this is going to be a good conversation. I was so glad, Stephanie, that you put this in here. Um, and I'm just going to I'm just going to say a few words. Is it time to upgrade? Take it away. <laughs> I mean, I did. I, I, I came to this. um story because I, I read a, a story that Apple may be putting three models of MacBooks out to pasture this month, according to a report. So if you have the 11-inch MacBook Air, the 13-inch MacBook Air, and 13-inch MacBook Pro models that were released in 2014, they are adding them to their obsolete products list. So that means they're no longer eligible for hardware repairs. They can get battery only repairs. They probably won't um, be able to do the software upgrades that uh, newer models can do. And, you know, MacBooks ain't cheap. <laughs> None of these devices are cheap anymore. Smartphones are $1,000, $1,200. You know, computers are $1,500, $1,500, dollars $2,000. So just the idea that, you know, there's and, and 26, 2014 was a few years back. But it, 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 you know, it's still if the if the device, if the hardware itself is still in good working order, you know, everybody doesn't have the luxury of just throwing that stuff out and, and getting that new phone every two years or getting a new device every two years. So, you know, I thought it would be uh, good to give people some practical advice around when you actually should get rid of them and upgrade and some things you can do 
to prolong the life of your device and avoid having to upgrade um, so often because times is hard. Gas is high. You know what I mean? Everything costs more money. Like the last thing I need to do is, is be running out here trying to buy a new laptop if I don't have to. So that was the motivation behind the story. I think Apple, um, since that was the, you know, the, you know, impetus for, you know, for this, you know, this discussion, I, th- I want to say that they actually have, you know, inked a deal with like I fix it to where they're now going to start allowing you to fix your own stuff. Yep. Uh, you know, whether it be phones, I mean, clearly you were always able to do that, but you were going to be losing your warranty if you did it and you did not go through, you know, I guess it was an Apple authorized, uh, you know, uh, person. Um, but now this is, uh, you know, what about like just old hardware? So here's the thing. You have one of these devices and the keyboard breaks and they're saying you're not going to be able to get a new keyboard for it. you have to buy a new PC. And I think right. one of the things and this is a, a lot of people who are anti Apple. This is you know their thing with Apple is that why can't I get like a, you know, a third party keyboard? Why, why can't someone else make that keyboard that, that would actually allow me to fix this device that would be perfectly good for someone who's going to do nothing but just browse the web on it, which mm. those devices will do that swimmingly well. So. Um, I would like to see, uh, you know, just because they are now going to actually allow you to repair some of your own tech that they actually may be opening up for on the stuff that they actually are going to, you know, in life, uh, you know, you know, go end of life on that you can start doing some, you know, some aftermarket or some third party stuff. You, you kind of already can, but it's just. It's just not easy to do. It's like you, you have to know somebody or you've got to, you know, you, you, you got to go here in the States. It's not, you know, outside of outside of this country, it's it's quite easy. But, you know, but here it's it's kind of difficult to fix your own stuff if you can't find parts for it. Right. I think that last part you said is probably a bridge too far for, for Apple, yeah. meaning allowing, you know, third parties to actually provide, you know, software or the hardware for older machines. Like I got the new, the, the new, um, 16 inch, uh, MacBook Pro that was launched in October. But prior to that, I had an older, I think it was a 2015 MacBook Pro. And still at my desk, I have like a 2008 Mac that wow. runs perfectly. It just, you know, it stops to a certain point of, of where you can upgrade it to. But other than being on the latest OS, Everything still works. It's in perfect working condition. It's like no issue. So I think that's one of the things, especially Apple snobs or enthusiasts, you know, like myself, it's one of those things where when you invest that kind of money, you know that the product is going to last a really long time. Now, of course, people have incidents, drop things, break things, and that type of stuff is really, you know, out of the control. But I think for Apple, for them to even now come to the point where they are going to provide you with authorized parts, provide you with the um, manuals to do those changes yourself without, you know, much hassle. I think from previous Apple to now, I think that's a huge leap. And I think to get to the, yeah. the later part of what you said, Rob, I think that may, if that ever does come, that's probably going to be another iteration, you know, down the road because they are so protective of what goes on to their machines. But the fact they're going to allow people to now be able to, to, to fix their own devices is a huge, a huge leap forward. So let me ask y'all, how, what, what is your upgrade schedule looking like? When do you typically decide, okay, it's time for the new phone. It's time for the new computer. 
um, to televisions. Like, you know, I think, I think right now I need a new TV. Um, I mean, it was cheap to begin with. So it wasn't like some OLED Samsung, you know, mm. super slim, whatever. It was some, some cheap TV. I think I got from, you know, Target or something. Um, and the audio is going in and out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know that it would even be worth fixing at this point because I've had this Probably television not. now for, yeah. you know, a number of years. And, you know, I think it's just time for a bigger TV as well and, and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit upgraded screen. So so I will most likely be upgrading my television, you know, in the near term because it is now starting to have hardware issues. Um, however, computer wise, like, like things really have to be just straight falling apart, except for phones. I do tend to go every other, um, iPhone iteration. So I didn't get the 13 cause I had the 12. No, wait a minute. I do have 13. Wait. Um, where, where are we at on iPhones right now? We're at 13, right? 13 right now. Right. So. I do have a third. Why do I have a 13? Because I have the Because you're you? you tech life's deaf? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't let that job just go by. Right. You, you walked by and it I was called. It was instantly be calling right me, man. It'd be calling me. You just have to go to it. No, I do tend to leapfrog and just do every other uh, year, every other model upgrade, just because I don't feel like I need a new phone every year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't pay for them anyway. I ended up paying for the last phone. I believe this is my, I'm pretty sure this is my 12. Um, is, does this look like the 12? I can't tell. And it probably, yep. That's the 12. Yeah. That's what, so I have, so I have the 12 and the 13. Um, and I kept this, I actually paid this off because I typically just do the little payment, whatever, because mm-hmm. I wanted to use this as a separate camera. I needed, I needed a second camera, you know, in addition to being able to do stuff on my phone and shoot my phone, um, from a camera or, you know, with my other actual camera, my, my mirrorless. Um, so I had a, there was a method to the madness with this one. Um, uh, but, but again, I typically usually go every other, um, up every other iPhone iteration when I do my smartphone upgrades. Yeah. I normally do every other, unless it's something I really want. <laughs> like I'm on the 12. <laughs> if it's and, good, all bets is off. <laughs> right. I skipped the 13 because I was like, it wasn't a, big enough uh change for me. So I was like, right. I'll wait to the 14. And like my Apple Watch, um, I thought I was going to upgrade on the one that just came out. And then I was like, this is a very menial change. So I'm expecting the next one to be a complete redesign. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of waiting for that. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much my thing. If it's, you know, about dead and it's on its last leg, I'll go. Or if it's something that I really like or really want, then I'm like, okay, I'm going for it. So there's really no method to my madness. It's just, right. what does it look like? What does it do? Uh, if it's something is this that the I new think, hotness, <laughs> if this is the new hotness that I have to have, then all bets are off. So I am in two buckets. It, it really depends on the device. So for my phones, I generally will get a new phone every other year. Sometimes I might go three years, but that, that's about the max that I will ever go mm-hmm. on a phone. And that usually is because I just bought like a brand new tablet or something like that. So it's like, okay, well, instead of getting the phone, I bought a tablet. So I'll just wait and get the new phone, um, you know, the next year. When it comes to my computers, 
Once again, there's two buckets. Uh, if it is like my personal computer, I will use that thing until the wheels fall off. Yeah. If it is my work computer, you know, what I'm using to do what I do, I, you know, j- just because I, I have to have that, you know, it's, you know, in order to do the things that I do, I have to have that machine. It has to always be up and running. I get that box, like, you know, like what I'm on right now is, is a Dell XPS, uh, 13 maxed out and I have four year warranty on it. So when the, when that four year warranty is up, I will return this and then I will get another one and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I have, uh, I have a, uh, I want to say, I think it's a 2013 MacBook Pro. So we're now talking about nine year old, nine year old. No, it actually might be a 2012. So we're talking about 10, 10 year old piece of hardware. Um, I probably have not booted that thing up in two years, but it's the only device that I have in the house. With a D- DVD ROM on it, I actually had something, an old CD that I wanted to get some data off. I was like, "Wow, what do I need to do? I don't have anything anymore." Oh, that I think that Mac has a, you know, like a like a CD ROM or DVD in it or blue or something in it. So I pulled it out, uh, plugged it in. Um, the battery is completely dead. It, it holds no more charge in it anymore. Um, but I hit the power button. It turned on and it booted up probably in 60 seconds, stuck mm-hmm. the uh, CD in, got the data, you know, some pictures and, you know, some, some tax stuff off of it that I wanted off, off of that actual CD and, and kept it pushing. And it works just fine. And so the thought now is that I might want to, uh, you know, put something like OS flex on it. Um, because if I compare, this 10 year old MacBook Pro to my daughter's six month old MacBook Pro, um, in one. It's like, it, it, it seems like, you know, she is in a space shuttle and I'm literally crawling. So I, right. so, so I do get that it, it, it is slower. So I want to see if, uh, you know, if, I think we actually talked about this a few episodes back when, um, cr- um, when Google came out with, uh, OX, OS Flex, uh, which is basically a version of Chrome, um, that runs on pretty much anything and it doesn't need very many, uh, you know, resources at all. And I have put it on, like I have an old, like my, my wife's two, three laptops ago. It was like a, uh, you know, like an 11.6 inch HP stream. Um, it only had like two gigs of, uh, yeah, RAM in it and maybe, <laughs> yeah. And like maybe, maybe a 16 gig hard drive. I mean, just Those super like low end. Second grade. Wow. Yeah. Computer. It was in, uh, you know, and it got to, you know, after it, like you upgraded windows on it, it, it got to where it was like, it was just unusably slow when I upgraded it to, you know, probably like windows eight or something like that. But I put, OS Flex on there. Once again, it's very lightweight. It runs and it works perfectly. And, um, you know, would I like, would I send my child off to college with that? Oh, heck no. Um, no. you know, I wouldn't do that. But if there was a child who, who needed a laptop to, you know, and all they need to do is I just be able to need to get to the web, it would be great for them. Um, as compared to having to go out and spend, uh, you know, three, four hundred dollars to buy them a Chromebook or to buy them, um, a, you know, a relatively low end laptop, this, you know, device that is years old is still completely capable. Um, it, it looks, you know, it looks great. It boots up. Uh, it actually boots up faster on the, on the OS Flex, way faster than, than the Windows that was on it before. So oh, it, yeah. it is absolutely usable. 
It is absolutely the battery is still good in it. it probably will hold a you know four hour five hours of uh, use on the battery. Um, so I, I am all for upgrading hardware uh, as compared to just going out and spending more money uh, to to buy new hardware. Unless of course you need to, or and I will say this as well: if you want to, sometimes you just want something new. Like I said, if you know if there's a you know something new and shiny that comes out, I just might get it because I want it. It's not because you know I have this old thing that I can upgrade. I wanted the new thing, so um, I, I never try to get in people's pockets like that to where well right. you don't need this um if you want it that's the need so um but but i think that you can absolutely uh repair a lot of stuff and um i was just on a daily tech news show last week and one of the stories we talked about was like samsung is now once again they're partnering with ifix it to where you they're actually going to allow you to fix and keep some of your older hardware uh you know um, under warranty now it's just the s20 the s21 they're not even doing it on their new stuff and they're not doing it on their really old stuff but they did say that that is going to expand the, the amount of stuff that they ultimately uh will allow you to repair i think there's one old tab like a tap a galaxy tab s7 plus or something like that and they're going to expand that out so i definitely think that uh, you know, you're going to see where folks are like, well, I don't necessarily need to go buy a brand new $800 to $1,100 phone. This one is fine. Let me just go get the screen fixed. Let me just well, get the I back, think, you know, plate I think fixed. Companies are, are finally starting to read the room. Um, and understand what current market conditions are and, and, and that people just ain't got it like that. And it's like, if you want to maintain this customer, you know, base and, and loyalty, you got to give them some options. Now, here is what, uh, I came up with, with questions to ask yourself, um, as far as when to upgrade. And I would love if you guys had other, um, things to add to this. So, um, are you less productive? So is this machine making you, less productive um, and there's nothing you can do to it to make yourself more productive on the machine. So you can't, you know, upgrade the hard drive. You can't do anything else to the machine to make it more, to make you a more productive person on the machine. Um, are you spending money on minor repairs, more money on repairs than you would on a new device, repairs and upgrades than you would on a new device. And, is your device security at risk? Cause I think, you know, when we start talking about when to upgrade, you know, there are those moments when, you know, you just can't put any, I mean, I guess there's never a time when you can't put, you know, antivirus on your machine, but you know, is something about the age of the machine causing a security risk? Um, while you're using it. And I'd be curious, are there other questions you would ask yourself before you upgrade it? I used to, uh, you know, the security thing, not so big on, on, on actual computers mm-hmm. because you can put antivirus software on there. And the, right. so, as long as the software is updatable, then you're probably going to be okay with that, uh, right. for, for years and years and years. It's the phones. Um, now I will say this. Apple is by far the best. Uh, th- number one, their phones are generally tanks. Uh, outside of the glass, uh, but the phone itself generally, uh, you know, tends to work. The things that I've seen go bad on, on, on iPhones are the charging port. And that's just because people yank their cables out and stuff like that. And then they drop them and they break the back, you know, the back glass or they break the front glass. That's usually what, you know, breaks on those phones. But if you get those things fixed, they last forever, but they also give you updates. Uh, Nika, you can tell me better than I can tell the people. What is it like? You generally get what, like seven years on an, on an iPhone. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's about it but it was maybe i don't know five or so years ago i had like one of the original like iphone threes and my dad is horrible with technology i mean the absolute worst he'll lose a phone out of you know nobody's business 
I looked in my apple closet and I was like, I'm not going to give him one of the better ones because I know what he's going to do. <laughs> I ain't with giving it. him my good phone. <laughs> he doesn't get the good stuff. But I gave him like an, an iPhone uh, three and you know, he, you know, was, I gave him the chargers. It was still in the box. I keep all of the stuff. I'm, you know, kind of like that, but you know, he got it. He used it, didn't have a problem with it, but you know, if you take care of it, if you don't, you know, do the screen drops, you mentioned like the yanking out of the power, they last. I mean, that's, that's, that's just the bottom line. You're going to pay for it up front, but the, the back end rewards are going to be those that really kind of stand, um, stand for quite a long time. Now it is the Android side of the house. Uh, it's a little bit more problematic there because there are folks who are walking around with phones who are three years old. They can no longer get updates. Um, which is kind of ridiculous. Now, if you get a flagship, if you get a pixel, if you get a galaxy S uh, series device, you're going to be longer than that. In fact, I think right now, uh, Samsung actually is offering the most updates, even more so than Google on the pixel, uh, which is kind of crazy that, you know, that the OEM is actually able to give you more than what the actual, uh, you know, Google is on their own hardware. But when you start getting into the mid range phones and down, um, that don't say galaxy on them or don't say, pixel um you literally might buy a phone today that's already a year old you get you upgrade it one time and that's it you'll never upgrade that phone again so so that's that's a bit problematic and i used to say um you know and this is back and i don't care about that as long as the phone works i'm good but that's me um, and I understand that, you know, that, you know, the three of us, we're not regular people when it comes to using the phones. We are going to know about security and, you know, we might get some third party software that'll actually help us with, uh, with viruses. Most people just ain't doing that on their phone. It's like they, they install the applications that they want to install because it's something that they're thinking about and that they use every day. Antivirus and malware software never generally comes to mind. And they just think, oh, well, you know, the update will, will get me. So like I said, if you got an Apple, uh, you get an, you know, an, you know, Apple device, you're good. If you have an Android device, if it's an older device, and if it's, like I said, if it's, if it's a mid range device, then not so much. So I, I would hope that, you know, and I understand Google's situation that they, you know, we, we can't keep, you know, creating, uh, you know, these updates for all this different hardware. What I would hope is that the manufacturers will actually continue to do that. So you're just going to have to be care, you know, careful and village, you know, and vigilant on, on, on that end. But, um, like I said, if it's not being used for work or school, I'll use the device until the wheels fall off or you know, for me, the wheels fall off is when I, you know, that my product, you actually said this uh, very eloquently, uh, Stephanie, um, you know, the uh, what's the word? Um, what I say, you, what was the <laughs> word you used? You, you used the word uh, and I, I am, I'm a complete loss for it right now. Productivity. That's it. When your productivity suffers, right. that's when you probably should start looking. But for most people, if all you're doing is browsing the web, I mean, texting you can, and taking phone calls and right that's and yeah. people usually just want the new Maybe hotness email. and right. and we get it you know the new hotness is fun um i i had some some tips for uh I, I wrote a note down. <laughs> I'm trying to decipher what oh, I meant by this note my uh, I think it was is, basically is, for like you know if if it's like kind of upgrade tips um, mm-hmm. and battery charging is kind of at the top of that list. I am not 
uh, the best with this. I mean, once I plug my phone in for the night, I keep my phone plugged in. And, and there is technology that will self-regulate the phone from overcharging and things like that. But, but the general wisdom is still that you should not keep your phone plugged in. Um, you know, past a hundred percent and, and really battery wise, you should be between 60 and 90 or some, some number like that. I'm like, I ah, listen, what? I'm not going to wake up. I'm not keeping up with that. my phone. Yeah. <laughs> because it's already charged to a hundred percent, like set my alarm for 2 a.m. Cause now it's, it's, it's charged a hundred percent. Um, but battery charging, you know, does have an effect on the life of, of devices. So obviously, you know, you would want to think about that. Keep your devices clean, obviously, um, and protect them from damage. Do the software updates while you still can. Can, um, and the browser updates. So those are, those are two different things. So, you know, your browser may not necessarily update automatically, whichever one you're using, Chrome, Safari, Outlook, or Explorer. And, um, do your disk cleanup and, and defrag, you know, that can, that can't hurt, uh, basically, um, and protect your passwords and, and your security on your device. And I think, you know, those things kind of will help maintain, your hardware for as long as possible. Um, because yeah, like I said, ain't nobody got money like that to just yeah. be dumping into yeah. a new computer every year or especially you know, when whatever. they don't have to. It took me a long time to get a new computer. I, and, and I gotta say, I'm, I'm, I'm calling Dell out right now. Um, because I think I got a lemon and, you know, <laughs> to the point where, you know, somebody came to my house to fix it. And then I had to end up still sending it away to get fixed and, and get it back. And I'm still, I'm skittish. You know what I mean? It just, it, it, it keeps overheating for no reason. Um, when it's not even being, you know, stressed with 12 different programs running or whatever, it just, it, all of a sudden it'll just get mad hot underneath the bottom. And I'm just like, what's going on? Like, why aren't these fans kicking on? Um, so, you know, not the best experience, but it still works. It's, it's like my traveling computer now because I have a, a whole desk, whole new desktop set up. Um, but where was I going with this? I'm, oh, you were, you were so just talking rough. about some of the things that you will do. And I'm, I'm going to piggyback, um, you know, as we wrap this segment up um, on uh, warranties, uh, mm-hmm. particularly if you spend a grip on your device, spend a, you know, spend a grip plus Get the, right. you know, get the warranty on it, the extended warranty. If you think you're going to use your device for four years, get a four year warranty on it because here's what happens. Like Stephanie, the issues that you're going through right now, if you've got a good warranty on it, um, your machine's a couple of years old. Just, just, just return it. They, they give you a new Take one. And, and that's, give me another one. Exactly. And that's what I, you know, and, and Apple is good with that with theirs. And it's like, yes, I know people are going to say, but that costs money. Yes. But when you're thinking about the longevity of your device, it is, it is just very settling to when you can walk into an Apple store and say, Hey, this is broke. And they look at it. It's like, yep. And then they hand you another one and then you walk out. Mm-hmm. I've because actually done that. Yeah, yeah, I've actually done that. Um, I, I've told this story on many times. My daughter got a brand new Mac one year for Christmas, a, a, you know, a MacBook Air. On Christmas Day, she dented the, uh, dented the back plate. Oh. The, the day after Christmas, we took it back to the Apple store. The, she had tears in her eyes. The guy literally, he, he, I don't want, I'm not going to say what Apple store this was because he probably didn't even go uh, by protocol. He literally just, 
took it, <laughs> gave gave us another box when we walked out. There was more to it than that, but right. it was like it was just so easy to get right. that done. That's the gist of it. It's like we walked in with a dented brand new laptop and walked out with a brand new undented laptop, probably after about, you know, 20 minutes of being in the store. And that was all because of the warranty that we got, you know, on that laptop. So that 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 is the that is one thing you can do to extend the life of your equipment. Just get warranties on it. So when things do go wrong, when you know if it is overheating, you're not just, oh man, this laptop's overheating. No, it's overheating for a reason. Send it in, get it fixed and let them replace it or or you know, or replace the parts that need to be replaced and get you back up and going. And that might, you know, that that'll get you a couple of, you know, you know, a couple extra years out of your devices. For sure. So, so says spend a grip plus is the name of her new cover band. <laughs> uh, I, like I just it. saw that pop I like up. I got to put that out there so the people can see it. That that is a good one. So, folks, we are at the uh, you know you know getting at the end of our show. And last week, and I had a couple of people tweet me about it. We you know we ran so long that we did not do our uh, you know our Tech John spotlight. So we wanted to make sure that we actually do one this week. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, tell you about uh, Valerie L. Thomas. Uh, so this week's spotlight focuses on Valerie L. Thomas, NASA visionary and inventor who contributed to the development of SPAN, the Space Physics Analysis Network for Research, which is related to Halley's Comet, ozone hole studies, and a supernova. Born in February of 1943 in Maryland, Valerie was fascinated with technology from a very young age, but because scientific subjects were not considered important or suitable for girls at the time, she was not able to express her technological aptitude until enrolling at Morgan State University as one of only two women in her class to study physics. Valerie's aptitude for mathematics and analysis led her to a position at NASA where she managed the development of NASA's image processing systems for Landsat, the first satellite to send multispectral images to study Earth's resources from outer space. In 1976, she started experimenting with the relationship between an object and its real image relative to the position from concave mirrors. She thought that if it were possible to present and transmit these types of realistic three-dimensional images, great improvements could be made in video and in television in the future. In 1980, she received a patent for her illusion transmitter, which is still being used by NASA today. Ms. Thomas continued to work for NASA until her retirement in 1995, serving in such positions as Space Physics Analysis Network Project Manager and Chief of the Space Science Data Operations Office. She has received a number of NASA awards, including the Goddard Space Flight Center Award of Merit and the NASA Equal Opportunity Medal. She continues to mentor young students through the National Technical Association, the NTA, and the Science Mathematics Aerospace Research and Technology Incorporated, um, SMART are their, its acronyms. And she also is a member of Shades of Blue DMV. So I present you Valerie L. Thomas. And I'm just always amazed. It's like there's so many sisters that work for NASA that's out there math and heck out of stuff. Killing it. It's like it's like, you know, we, we saw the movie Hidden Figures. It wasn't just them three. <laughs> there, there are just a, it, it, there's just a bunch. It's like, you know, we, we have read many uh, spotlights on on African-American women who are out there mapping the heck out of stuff for NASA. And, and Valerie L. Thomas is another one. So, so Nika, you might uh, recognize our spotlight because uh, I know you were doing, you know, doing, you know, some similar things over at the Daily Tech News show. And uh, yeah. I, you know, I said in our pre-show that we just kind of bit this, but I think Stephanie, you actually came up with this on your own. Your first thought for really? doing these was not based off of what you saw Nika do, was it? No, I, no, I, I don't think so. So yeah, I just thought we should be, you know, highlighting yeah. black folks because yeah, why not? <laughs> we but, do. Uh, 
But like I said, I I have, you know, you've been doing this over at DTNS for a while. So it's like, I was just happy when you said, Oh yeah, we should, we should probably do this on our own show too. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, Valerie L. Thomas, um, you know, awesome visionary, uh, at uh, NASA. Love and the more that and more the more that people know about what you know the contribution of black people to technology is when they realize that some of the stuff that we've done is foundational right uh technology to to what we do i mean it it can only you know improve you know i hate to say perception but the awareness of, right. of our contribution to the tech community because it is vast agreed yeah so y'all, it's we are right, we at the thing since the beginning. I <laughs> <laughs> so y'all, we at the end of our show, y'all. It's it, I'm looking at the clock, and it's like oh, we we yeah, we we, we were so over on time last week. So the fact that we actually are going to do a show, uh, you know, around the amount of time that we said that we were going to do it for this week is kind of awesome. But as we always do before we get out of the show, we have to shout out our patrons. So this week we have a brand new uh, patron, um, Anthony Rodriguez Jr., who actually I think he saw one of us either saw me or you or Terrence uh, over on DTNS and came over from there. He actually said that when he signed up to Patreon, he he says he loves what we're doing. Um, He likes the fact that we all we all got our tech chops. We know what we're talking about here. And also we got a raise as well. So I want to shout out, uh, you know, Rushan Brantley, who uh, gave us a raise uh, in Patreon as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you both. We appreciate (laughs) y'all. Dad. So we're going to change the order up this week since we have a special guest host this week, Nika Montfort. Why don't you, uh, before I even do that, let me just once again, thank you for coming on and hanging out with Stephanie and I and doing this show. We just kind of flowed. We did not miss a beat. But anyway, want to thank you so much for coming on, you know, coming and hanging out with us and go ahead and tell our listeners how they can get at you, how they can find you, talk about your other podcast, you know, just give them all the details that you want to give. Sure. I'm at Tech Savvy Diva literally everywhere on the web. So if you have that handle, you can pretty much find me anywhere. Again, um, you guys are familiar with Terrence. Um, we co-host another tech podcast, the Snobble West podcast, which is an Apple centric podcast. We talk about other tech too, but we're both Apple snobs. So we pretty much focus on the Apple aspects. You can find us pretty much wherever you get your, um, current podcast we're pretty much everywhere and you can hop on over to our website snobblescast.com and get all of the deets there and thanks for having me this was fun we love having you you will be terrence's permanent (laughs) you get the call first you get the right of first refusal you get the call first oh and i'll be on dtns thursday um i do a monthly segment um called tech and while black we're Pretty much what uh, Rob did for the uh, hot spotlight. I pretty much do that over there at DTNS every month. Awesome. Yep. And Stephanie, tell folks how they can get to you. They can find me all around the web at Tech Life Steph. And don't forget to watch The Land of the Giants on CNN+. Plus. Um, I am allegedly featured uh, prominently throughout. I think I'm in okay. pretty much all the episodes. Um, I had I, the first one's out. The first one is about Amazon. Um, and I, I'm like at the towards the end, just a couple little clips um, that they pulled little sound bites that they pulled from my stuff. But I, I did go up there. Uh, to New York to talk about Facebook extensively. Um, and I don't, 
did I do the Apple? There were there were like three of them. I know I did Amazon and I did Facebook and and I think I did some Apple stuff as well. But um, just just watch them. They're they're really good. You know, just as far as like the history of these organizations, how they got so big and rose to prominence, and um, you know what might be problematic about them. You know, now that they are giants uh, in that space, so um, really good. You know, spend two ninety nine, just get it for the month, and just watch this, and then cancel your subscription. <laughs> and we'll we'll stick links to all of that and to Snob OS and you know into your handles um, and in our show notes and i am at rob dunwood on all the things and also folks we have at the tech john on all the things that is the tech j-a-w-n so just hit us up on twitter on facebook um you know on instagram and until we meet again in a week's time hey folks i'm mark Marin from the wtf podcast and this episode is brought to you by kleenex ultra soft tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Peace. Peace. Bye.